Welcome to the Fit Vegan Podcast, the show where we help you optimize your health, fitness, and mindset on a whole food, plant-based lifestyle. My name is Maxim Siguain. I am a former triathlete, powerlifter, bodybuilder, and basketball player, and I've been vegan for over nine years. I'm also the founder and CEO of Fit Vegan Coaching, which has helped over 500 vegans from 20 different countries to completely transform their bodies and their health. I'm excited for you to hear today's episode. Let's get into the show. All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Fit Vegan Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest and a good friend of mine, Dave Wheel. He's the founder of Alpha Rising Men's Work. Dave, how are you doing today? So good, man. How are you? Good. I'm happy that we're uh, that I'm to have you on the podcast today. Yeah, likewise, stoked to be here. Always fun digging into these combos and sharing and just spreading the word about all this stuff. Yeah, and you know, for for the people that that are listening, you and I go way back to. Mm-hmm. I think like, man, my first like one or two months in Vancouver. I think I yeah. came across you at uh, Connor's event. Oh yeah, man talks. Yeah, men talks. That's what it was. Yeah, because I was looking All to connect right. with a community of men, and it was like that was the first event where I met you, and you put me in contact with you. Mm, totally. Yeah, that was those were great events. I met like the majority of my community in Vancouver through those events. Yeah. <laughs> they, they attracted a lot of really cool people. Yeah, those. That was where I met Brooke too, my wife, actually. So <laughs> at men uh, at the event. Hmm. Maybe probably oh, not the awesome. same one, but well, one of their events, they, they did them every month. So, uh, yeah. And, and that was, that was a big part of my inspiration for moving to Vancouver in the first place. Cause I'd been living in Worcester for 10 years before that. And then starting to get into entrepreneurship and this whole game and came down for the very first man talks that ever happened and just met so many, like such inspiring conversations and all these entrepreneurial guys and people like creating impact in the world. And I was like, man, I want to hang out with people like that. <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely a great community. Mm-hmm. I, I love for you to share a little bit, like, what is the work that you do? And then we'll dive into your story because I want people to have really? like a background as to like what got you there. So, um, right. So you coach high performance men, men really? doing the work. It's kind of like, you know, from what we talked about in, in our last podcast that we did on your show, but I'll let you elaborate, probably do a better job than I did. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. My, my work, my business, my kind of passion in this world is coaching and supporting men to be their best selves, basically. So uh, I lead a bunch of men's groups. I do a lot of one-on-one coaching, and I also use breath work with all of my clients as well. So I've got a whole six-month curriculum that I take guys through that basically just goes deep, kind of helps them rebuild a foundation, understand who they are and how to perform their best and how to be in the world, how to be in relationship, how to communicate better, feel better, like all the things. Uh, we go, we go pretty deep on the journey and doing breath work throughout as well to help guys like get in touch with their emotions and and develop their emotional intelligence because it's a huge skill that is incredibly important that most guys haven't been trained on, and it's uh, yeah. It's important if you want to relate with other humans, it's, it's pretty important to understand your emotions and, and how they relate and how they work. And, you know, just, uh, it's, it's such a, it's a big, it's a big area to dig into, but, um, but it's a lot of fun and, you know, and I love it. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's really important work that you're doing. Um, and as the world is shifting, I, I see like there's a bigger importance and I've definitely found a ton 
of, of value in that. So, you know, I kind of know a little bit of your story, but I don't know all of your story. I kind of met you when you were doing like grind bar, right? And I yeah. know about like a little bit of your time in Whistler. So do you mind kind of yeah. bring us like a little bit through your journey of what got you to this place where you're like, I want to, I want to work with men and help them. And, um, what made that basically like your passion? For sure. Um, so going way back, uh, I grew up in Ontario and I was a skier from the time I was like two years old and skiing was such a big passion of mine. I was also a huge nerd and super unconfident and <laughs> like the work I'm doing now, I definitely would not have guessed in a million years at that point that I was going to get into doing this. Um, but that passion for skiing led me to Whistler when I was 18. I spent kind of my whole twenties living in Whistler, chasing a dream of being a professional skier. So I had mm. sponsors, I competed, I filmed, I also coached skiing at a super high level. Uh, one of my guys actually won the world championships in free skiing, uh, when nice. after coaching him for about five years and, and that was my whole life, uh, just living in the mountains and doing that whole thing. And, you know, so performance and helping people face their fears and like, there's so much that I kind of learned and. I was already doing the coaching thing, but mm -hmm. in a different capacity at that point. And then in 2012, I actually broke my neck in a mountain biking accident, which changed my path dramatically as, as you might expect. And uh, that was kind of where I opened up more to spirituality, the power of energy and intention and mindset and nutrition and like all, I just kind of went ham on learning how to heal because I wanted to get back skiing and moving and and make yeah. as, as full of recovery as I could from that. And, and that was, that was a huge turning point, obviously in my life. As I said, that I learned about Reiki at that point. I had someone gift me like energy healing sessions, which I then went on to study afterwards and got, I had another friend gift me a huge bag of cannabis to help with the healing as well, which kind of helped. Like I went down the plant medicine rabbit hole at that point, started learning about the capacity that it has to heal and to help with the mind as well, it was a big piece for that. For me was just that kind of helped me shift out of this, like, you know, fuck my life kind of mentality of like, uh, the world is ending to like, okay, what's next? And how do I take this? And how do I learn? How do I grow? Where do I go from here? You know, kind of all that type of stuff and just help me be more okay and more accepting with everything. And out of that kind of came more of a, you know, I was almost 30 at that point and I knew I'd started to get into the personal development space prior to that. I'd started learning about life coaching. I went through all the landmarks cont uh, curriculum and yeah. started, I, I was just already getting this itch that I wanted to make a transition because, you know, I hadn't, I was doing okay in the ski industry, but I wasn't like, I hadn't made it by any stretch. So, uh, and that type of thing has a, a time limit on it for sure. As your body starts yeah. to break down and get older yeah. and, and I knew I wanted to transition out of that, but I didn't exactly know what. And then the breaking of the neck was like the big, okay, it's, it's time, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I need to make something out of myself other than just throw myself down mountains for a living. And, <laughs> and then, you know, as we talked about before the, the man talks events kind of showed me this whole other world of entrepreneurship and all these people doing this cool shit and, and creating and trying to change the world in, in whatever way worked best for them. So I moved to Vancouver after that. And that was where I, dabbled more in entrepreneurship. I actually tried my hand at a couple network marketing businesses and failed miserably at first. Every uh, entrepreneur has one. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're such a, like, they seem so great on the surface. They don't tell you that 
You know, if you're not already really good at sales and uh, okay with burning a lot of relationships in the process, yeah. probably not a good idea. But anyways, yeah. uh, learned a lot through that still. Uh, you know, like they're obviously big in personal development still as well. And mm -hmm. so I got a lot out of that experience. And um, after that, that was, I was, the coaching was always there. I went to school for coaching like before I actually broke my neck because I was kind of moving towards that. Uh, yeah. But I never had the confidence to really make a business out of it. I never had the, the, the feeling of self-worth I needed to go out and get clients and to like close a sale for people to, you know, invest them in working with me to, so I could help them. It was always really good when I was working with people, but it's just like, there was that missing piece of the confidence and the self-worth to go out and believe in myself to create a business doing it. So yeah, uh, grind bar came out of, um, like that. Basically, I, I took some, there were some courses I took and some things that kind of inspired me to go and just like create some success for myself in a business that wasn't about teaching people how to be happy and healthy and all these things. So Grindbar was basically, I, I started that company as a way to, to learn business and to prove to myself that like I, I could do business and, and build a company and create wealth and all these things. So uh, that, that company took me on a wild ride. It was a, I had a line of CBD infused energy bars and other CBD products and, and they're great bars. Uh, they, were them. Really, they were like the yeah. bar that I wanted for myself. They were high yeah. fat, low sugar, you know, all natural ingredients, no preservatives, anything. But the, <laughs> the sad thing about the food industry is it's more about industry than food in a lot of ways, which I'm sure you get into in a lot of your other episodes and like, Anyways, without going on a huge rant, the margins to make a bar that's actually really delicious and healthy and good for you is very hard to compete with people like Cliff Bar until you're at like massive scale. So yeah, that didn't go too well. I did almost sell the whole company though, because, because of the CBD piece with cannabis getting legalized, I was a good, it was a really good timing to kind of ride that wave and almost sell to one of the legal companies out there. And we did have a deal inked and I was actually in the transition of joining this company to work with them uh, right at the time of legalization and just after. And, but then because edibles weren't going to be legal for another year, they had me wind down the whole production. I was just going to be doing R and D and creating new products for them for the next year until that was a thing. But then yeah. they backed out of the deal and everything was already shut down and cash flow was dead. So. And in that transition, in those couple months of like working for the corporate thing, you know, being a millionaire on paper, once the deal had gone through and like, you know, having made it in my mind, mm -hmm. I kind of, the switch got flipped in my head of like, okay, you did it now go be a coach. Cause you wanted to go do this so that you could go be a coach. <laughs> so it was like, yeah. and then when it fell apart, like I'd already had this huge shift inside that it was like, I knew I could have gone and raised more money and got the company back up and going and spent a couple of years building it up so that I could go sell it again. But yeah. I decided that like, I just, my heart wasn't in it anymore. I yeah. kind of I ticked that box internally that I knew I wanted to. So I, I just let it all go and went back to doing, I'd done carpentry and stuff in the years while I was building grind bar and before. So I went back to the tools and slowly started like working towards building my coaching practice on the side. And, and then, you know, fast forward kind of through 
COVID and all the things and built it up. And, you know, in, uh, in 20, December of 2020, me and my wife moved down to Costa Rica and, you know, the business started taking off. I started doing well and, you know, we've just been making it work ever since. And, and this year was, you know, it was, it was bumpy. It was definitely not like I just started and everything worked out. There was a lot of, a lot of stress and a lot of hard work and a lot of things that went into it. But now yeah. I'm at this point where, you know, I, I make a great living. I get to support a bunch of people, help them change their lives, saving relationships, helping people show up better in the world. And, and it's, uh, it's awesome. And I get to live in this beautiful place that like, I have a lemon tree on our property. We just bought a house in Costa Rica, We've got a lemon tree, mango, bananas, like all this amazing fruit growing right on our land here. And went for surfing this morning. Like you know, it's a good life. <laughs> it's a pretty dope life here. Very, yeah. Very grateful. Uh, I'm blessed, but it was also like, I'm like so grateful for it. And I had to bust my ass to make it happen. You know, it took a lot of effort and a lot of work and, and a lot of trust and a lot of like, just going for, you know, what I wanted. So it was, uh, yeah. it's been a, it's been a ride. So, yeah. Well, like I, I, I met you like seven years ago, almost. Yeah. So like, yeah, probably. yeah. It's so it's like, cause grind bar was like 20, probably 2014 to 2018. So about mm -hmm. four years of that. So it would have been like somewhere in there. So yeah, about seven, eight years ago, Raleigh, we met. Yeah. And I've seen the different iterations that you had to go through and the different like obstacles that you've had. And, uh, I wasn't there when you were going to sell grind bar. I think I was, uh, where, where was I? Maybe it was already in, in Mexico. I was just taking care of Jen at the time. I think it became really close up the last few years. Um, yeah, Grand Bar was an awesome product, right? I remember when I biked from Vancouver to San Francisco, you guys sponsored me and I had to yeah. cross the border with a bunch of CBD with me. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> just snacks, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, just, just protein bars. Um, yeah, you're right. The, the, I worked in the food industry too. And mm -hmm. yeah, the margins to make a really good products and to compete on the shelf. Like there's a, people don't think of that, but to be at eye level, there's a big cost. And for you to have your section or like the end of a shelf, like there's a lot, you have to spend a lot of money just to be able to have your boxes there. It's crazy. Oh yeah. It's huge. And like to, for what the margins need to be, I would have had to have been charging about $12 a bar yeah. <laughs> for, to make and, it work. Yeah, and exactly. Like, like how are you, people are looking at that and, and it's like a normal like bar, you know, it's just, it was uh great, great product, but unfortunately not a great business. <laughs> yeah. You know, I learned, I learned a lot in that game. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then one other piece I didn't mention in that journey, which is very impactful to what I'm doing now is I'd done a lot of personal development before all of that, but just after I started grind bar, I also got involved with uh, what was then the Samurai Brotherhood, now the Arca Brotherhood uh, and started getting into men's work for the first time. And that mm -hmm. was really like, and I stayed in throughout, I'm still involved with them. I have my own company now doing all of this as well and lead my own groups and stuff on top of that, but I'm still involved with ARCA as well. And, you know, it's, it's a awesome organization that when I joined, there was like 30 guys and now we're over 500 around the world. And, and that was a huge piece for me in just really developing my masculine side, it's like developing consistency and, and healing a lot of my father wound stuff. Cause mm -hmm. my biological father left before I was born, which, you know, as I've continued to dig into it is really a, a big root cause of a lot of my own self-worth <laughs> issues. And, you know, like a lot of the stuff that was kind of had been held, holding me back for so long. So it's, uh, 
that was like a huge piece of the journey because it like every time I wanted to stop, I kept having to go to my men's group every week. And, and like that had guys behind me that believed in me that were cheering me on and, and like, and calling me forward, you know, and calling me out if I ever wanted to quit or, you know, it was just, uh, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. And that was a huge piece of, obviously that's what I'm doing now, you know, full time. Cause it's, it's just, it's powerful. Like there's something special yeah. that only men can really give other men. You know, Absolutely. most of the personal development and like teaching space, a lot of it is led by women. Right. And, mm -hmm. and so there's, there's a whole different, a whole different vibe that comes when it's just men working with other men and challenging each other and supporting each other. And like, you know, for me, I was very kind of classic, nice guy of like, not very many boundaries as well as like the lack of self-worth and all this hey. stuff. And <laughs> like, so part of that was learning to connect with my anger as well. And just, you know, just connect with the fire inside really. Yeah. I can relate to a hundred percent of what you're saying. That's why I like yeah. connected with you and Connor initially in, in that group. And, um, you know, I, it, it's grown a lot. The men's work movement has grown a lot over the past few years. Like why, why do you think that is that more men are wanting to do that work versus before? <laughs> Short answer. There's a lot of men suffering out there. Really? You know, there's, uh, it, it's just because there's so few men that have been taught how to express their emotions. There's a lot of men who their, their default is stoicism, which is just yeah. stuff it down and don't talk about it and keep moving forward. And like, basically be a soldier, like hyper masculine yeah. without learning any of the soft skills that come along with it, that you need to thrive and connect with people. And, and, you know, as I've continued to go down this path and learn more about trauma and emotional intelligence and all these things. It's like when we suppress our emotions in particular anger, if we never have an outlet for it, if we're never able to, to let it go, to connect to like build a relationship with our emotions, mm -hmm. then it turns into suffering it turns like anger in particular when it's repressed forever, it just turns into depression and anxiety. And yeah. like, it's one of the main causes of, of the suffering out there is because there's a lack of connection in men because they're not taught how to connect with people. You know, they're not taught how to connect with themselves, let alone with other people to build solid relationships. So there's just a lot of guys suffering out there in silence. And like, I just was on a call recently with a guy that had lost his like lifetime best friend to suicide and he had no idea. He had like yeah. this guy, they'd been friends since like, they were like pre-teens were best men in each other's weddings, you know, had been through so much. And then this guy took his life without the other guy, even knowing that he, that was even a thought that had crossed his mind, you know, like, and that's yeah. his closest person in the whole world. So it's like, it's it gave me chills. It's, it's so sad to see that. And you know, like Connor from man talks about a similar story as well of like it's just we need safe places for guys to be able to talk about the shit that's going on in their lives whether with a coach or with a group and just mm -hmm. have a space where they're regularly there's people checking in on them that that's even if they don't want to necessarily it's like when you show up every week to a group like if you're off people will be like yo what's going on like you seem like <laughs> you seem fucking pissed or you seem like, you know, what's going on? You know, like they'll, they'll ask you to bring it out. And, and it's this practice of, of getting comfortable talking about the stuff that's going on. You know, it's, yeah. uh, it's not rocket science. It's just, there isn't, that's not a thing in the world in normal sense. You know, there's, 
most of the places that guys gather and, and spend time together as a group of guys mm -hmm. are like either business or sports. Really. Yeah. So it's like, or at the bar, it's like beer, babes, and blood sports is like the thing that <laughs> business <Freebies. laughs> the things guys talk about, you know? So it's like, there isn't, it's always, it's just not it really like there's this element of it's not safe for guys to talk about emotions in the general public. Most yeah. guys it's demonized. It's like guys are seen as weak. If you have emotions, if you talk about emotions, if you're not, you know, and again, the whole stoicism thing, but which like, don't get me wrong. Those skill sets are important to learn. Like there's times when it's not appropriate to like break down crying. Like sometimes you need to just get shit done and show up. Yeah. And you also need to have space to let things out and to feel and to process stuff. So it's like, it doesn't stay stuck in your system and cause suffering down the road. And yeah. I think it's like, our, you know, our fathers weren't having these conversations, their fathers weren't having these conversations. So it's like, you know, we weren't taught how to do a lot of this. And now that it's just becoming more of a thing, it's just spreading and there's more people creating different movements. There's more, you know, it's <laughs> the reason it's growing so fast, I think is because it's fucking life changing. And mm -hmm. as soon as guys have their life changed by it, a lot of them get inspired to like share it with more people. And you know, that's how, that's how Arca has grown. It's just like guys start inviting guys that are in their lives. They're like, Hey, like check this thing out. <laughs> it's changed my life and it just keeps growing. And, yeah. and same with, you know, coaching and there's just, it's this whole kind of like revolution in, in a sense of like understanding this side of the human experience and and it didn't start that long ago. Like some of the key books that really started to tip this, like Iron John and, and King Warrior Magician Lover and some of these early writings, like they were only started to really come out in the eighties. So it's like mm. this whole movement hasn't been around that long, even from its yeah. infancy. And now it's really only starting to tip over into something that's becoming more widespread. So yeah, it's just been, a, it takes time for things like this to grow, obviously. Yeah, definitely. Well, Man, you, you, you shared a lot of good stuff in there. Um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just trying to organize <laughs> my thoughts, but you know, like I definitely from the, you talked about like stoicism and having a, a space to kind of share and, and open up, right. As a, as a man, you not say like there's the ego, but there's the front, right. Like I'm crushing in business I'm fit. I'm crushing all of these areas. And you always want to have that front or like areas you're perceived as, as weak by society, right? But the thing is, once you gain access to some of these groups of people, and like, I've, I've been in a bunch of them too, like some of the guys that you look up to and they're just breaking down crying. And I'm like, oh, like, it's fine for me too, to like not feel on top of my game all the time. Like this guy is in my world crushing it, but he's still having his challenges. And it just, that relatability is awesome because then it just feels like, oh fuck, I don't have to hold the front all the time. like. I can't when I need to, but then it's great to like have your moments and let go because realistically, like no man lives at that level all the time. Like, especially if you're in business, especially if you're trying to accomplish things in your life, like you're going to have breakdowns. You're going to have moments where 100%. you cry. You just want to like do nothing. I had, I had one last month <laughs> for four days. I was like, I'm just, I'm just done. I'm like, I just can't do it. I'm just pushing too hard. Like I can't do it. So well, and that's, that's the piece right there is like, it's developing the awareness to know when you're at that state and you need to take time off and you need to let yeah. yourself rest. 
like I just came through a mini version of that myself of like, <laughs> like basically just getting super sick for a few days and not being able to do anything. So I just had to like, and this is where it, it's different. Like for me, when that happens, I'm like, okay, like I'm, I'm learning to listen to my body now. So it's like, okay, when something like that happens, I'm like, okay, I guess like I'm probably pushing a little hard. I need to like pump the brakes a little bit, sleep more, don't go to the gym for a couple of days and just like let myself rest. Like that's something that so many guys have such trouble doing because of that mentality of like, I always need to be on. I always need to be producing. I always need to be productive. And, and it's almost like addiction to productivity. And, and like so many guys, myself included, I'm still not oh, me too. in a lot of ways <laughs> of like attaching our self-worth to our productivity where it's like, when we have these days, like I'm, I'm better at taking them now, but I'm still not very good at it, like allowing myself to be okay with it. <laughs> you know, like I still it get, feels weird like, while you're taking that I, day. I feel shitty, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm such a bum, you know, like I should be out doing, you know, and, but it's like, we need those days. Otherwise, like, and you see this in the guys that are able to push through that and push through that and push through that and not listen to themselves ever. That's mm-hmm. when depression, anxiety, and even more serious things like having a heart attack. It just, you know, like your body eventually, yeah. like I have this belief that your body, your body speaks to you always. It's like our main connection to our intuition and all these things. And you have to get better at listening as you, as you go. And, mm-hmm. and when your body has something to tell you, it starts as like, as a whisper and then it gets louder and then it gets louder and then it gets louder until it's like the cosmic two by four over to the head, <laughs> you know, of like, hey, listen, actually, totally. Like if you're yeah. not listening, eventually it's just going to stop you, you know, if, yeah. but then as you get better at stilling your mind, connecting with your body, with your intuition, like developing more of a meditative practice, all these things, you get better at listening once you get quieter and then you can catch things sooner on before, like when you start to go there, you're like, okay, I need to take a day off. Not mm-hmm. like, oh damn, like I can't function at all. I need to take a week off, you know? Yeah. So, or beyond, like I have guys in one of the groups that I run that have hit like full on actual burnout where they're just like months, they can't function. They like can't get out of mm-hmm. bed or they can work for like an hour a day and then they they just get like crazy headaches and they have to stop, you know? And so this is the, this is the whole process is like, how do you get better at listening to yourself? So you don't have to get taken out like that. You know, I'd rather yeah. take a day off, you know, once in a while when I need it rather than, and live a lifestyle that is more conducive to, you know, like I don't, I don't work like 80 hour weeks anymore. I work like, you know, <laughs> an, a low amount and I still surf and I go to the gym and I eat good food yeah. and get lots of sunshine. You know, like I, I take care of my, my health is one of my top priorities, which is why we ended up moving down here in the first place, you know, because yeah. it's just, my body feels way better being down here, eating quality food and being in the sun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was sure about listening, listening to the body because yeah, I think the, the extreme version of that is a stroke, is a it is a disease. Like your body does keep score to a certain extent. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a because we just did it for the people that don't know. I actually I'll put Dave's uh, podcast link in the description. I just we just did a show together for for his mm-hmm. podcast. So definitely go and listen to it. Share some really cool stuff on there. But one thing that I just thought of is um, there there was a point like a maybe like four months ago where I was starting to feel unhappy. 
And like we talked about my journey and you know, my journey has been each other for a long time. Like I'm in a much better place that I ever thought I would be and that I was before, especially when I met you. I was sleeping on a couch when I met you. That's literally how, <laughs> how I was living. Um, but there was a point where I was like, really, I really want to scale the three companies that I have. And I was working like crazy. And then I was like talking to, I was like, I just feel so unhappy. Like, this is not fun. Like I, and I told you how, like, I don't like to do something that's not fun. <laughs> I was like, if it's not fun, like I just, I just bail. Totally. I was like, I feel unhappy, but like I'm, I'm impacting people's life, which is ultimately what I want to do for us. My, but like, I feel unhappy. And then I just have to catch myself. I was like, I'm, I'm doing, I'm emptying the cup out too much and I'm not taking enough time to refill it. And I'm happy I caught it there. Cause eventually it could have led to me just being like, screw, it, I don't want to do anything anymore. Right. Yeah. And Burning things being, to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And being out for three months, like when you shared that, it's like when you get injured and you train through the injury, like you're just prolonging the pain and eventually you'll be injured, injured, and you can't train for three months. Like you can't make any form of progression or stay healthy if you're injured. Mm -hmm. No, totally. And that's, I learned that too many times in my ski career, you yeah. know, like my, my shoulders still got a massive like bump in it that you can even see here yeah. from like separating my collarbone at uh, my AC joint and, uh, and just like going back too soon. It was like, okay, I'm good enough. And I go and I slam down it again and it just never really, it's got, I've got full function of it, but it looks gnarly and it, <laughs> it's got like, it aches a fair bit sometimes, you know? And it's like, if I had just been more patient and actually given myself the space to rest, like it probably would have healed a lot differently. <laughs> yeah. So. I feel like for, for, for me, I'll just speak from the men's side because we're two guys here. That that inability to rest when there's an injury or when you're feeling burning out because you feel like you always need to be progressing and doing something, and then if you're taking time off, there's a there's a guilt associated to it because you're totally. not doing everything you're supposed to do. How do you like coach people to kind of deal with that? I know it would be unique depending on like their scenario, but. What's like a general rule yeah. that you found throughout the years? Uh, well, uh, yeah, obviously different person to person and what they need. I, I feel the key piece of it is really just changing the way you relate to it in that, like, it's necessary. <laughs> it's like going to the gym, you know, like you can't go to the gym and work out chest every single day. Like you're, <laughs> you're not going to get gains. Some people Your body do. Needs, <laughs> some people do. <laughs> but it's like for your body to perform, it's, if performance is the goal, it's like mm. performance requires rest, you know, it's yeah. it, for anything. And, and so it's just changing the way that you relate to it and then, and then choosing it as well. Because when you choose to take a break and like have a day where you turn off your phone and like go and hang out in nature and go to bed early and like actually, and play and like do things that fill your cup. If you're choosing that, then, it, it's a lot more fun than getting sick or getting knocked out or, or mm -hmm. having an injury or like, you know, just doing something that like knocks you down and, and makes you like, then not choosing it. <laughs> it's like choosing it is way more fun than, than being forced to do it. And, yeah. and so, and then, you know, having that mental shift of like, this isn't me being a bomb. This isn't me just like goofing off and not moving towards what I want. This is part of me moving towards what I want. This is me like, plugging in if you just keep using your cell phone forever it dies you know like you have to plug it in at night so that it <laughs> so that it keeps working the next day 
and our bodies are the same. We need time to just unplug from everything else and, and like charge up ourselves. So just having that, that internal shift, which yeah. is hard. Um, but well, you just and then made a click for it, me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, it's it, the other piece is like actually planning it into your time. It's not like, not just like hoping that you get it, but like, yeah. no, this day is this or this evening. Like a lot of guys, you know, it's like take, you know, Thursday evening and like finish work early. Cause I work with mostly entrepreneurs. It's like knock off work a little bit early and plan in like a hike with your partner or like time in nature where you're just turning off your phone and like, and, and getting quality time to rest and rejuvenate and, and put it in the calendar, like plan those things into your day. Cause if you don't like work, especially again for entrepreneurs, like <laughs> work always can expand to fill the time available and there's always yeah. more things to do. So if you don't plan in and put them in your calendar, like calendars are a beautiful thing and they allow us to get a lot of stuff done. But the catch is if you don't put it in the calendar, it doesn't happen. <laughs> so it's like actually just scheduling it like you would any of the things that you do to be productive, because it is a thing you have to do to stay being productive. But yeah, it's just, uh, yeah. just making it time for it and, and setting accountabilities for it. You know, that's the other beautiful thing about having a group or working one-on-one -on -one with a coach is like, you know, like, we call you on it. <laughs> it's like, are you going to do the thing? Okay, cool. Like if you're not, you got to show up the next week and say that you didn't do the thing and like feel the, instead of feeling the guilt and the shame of taking time off, you feel the guilt and shame of breaking your word. And mm. again, for most entrepreneurs and most men in general, integrity and keeping our word is, it's important. It's or at least it should be. It's <laughs> so it's like, yeah. that's a big piece of it is just having someone that's going to hold your feet to the fire to make it happen until you've like, change your routines and your habits. And it's like, eventually you're like, Oh yeah, this is great. <laughs> like I feel way better when I take a day off and, um, or two for, you know, have a whole weekend from time to time, you know, it's, uh, it, it changes the way you show up. You, you have more energy. You're more excited. You're not like dragging yourself through the work week. You're actually like excited to come back after a couple of days off. So, yeah. Well, Matt, you just made it click for me. Like as you, as you were sharing that I clicked and my whole body felt it. Cause you, you shared about performance and resting. And I was like, damn, like when I did Ironman, like I didn't train 10 hours a day for seven days a week. Cause I wanted to be the best. Like I trained efficiently and then I rested so that I can go hard in the next session, but I mm -hmm. couldn't go hard if I didn't rest properly. And I know it just clicked. Like I'm trying to perform in life and business. Why am I being, why am I trading like a training, like a rookie? Like it, yeah. <laughs> it just clicked for me. I was like, damn, if I want to perform at this, I need rest. Cause I wouldn't do that for an Ironman. I wouldn't do that for my, you wouldn't do that for ski. You wouldn't ski 10 hours a day, seven days a week. Like your performance yeah. would suck and you would get hurt. And yeah, mm -hmm. damn. Yeah. It just, it just clicked the way you said it. All right. Sometimes you have to hear something over and over again and eventually it just clicks. Totally. Like you just made it. Click. Some way of wording it or whatever. It's just like, Oh <laughs> yeah. But that's, and that's, you know, the, just to like add to that is it's not most for most people. It's not like our fault because there's a lot of cultural programming to the opposite. You know, there's guys like Gary Vee out there that love him uh, and I, I appreciate and David Goggins and like, like the, the hyper masculine warrior culture, like go until you fucking drop dead, like sleep when you're dead. Like that whole mentality is putting people in the hospital. <laughs> Cause like, 
I appreciate it. And like, there are a lot of guys out there that are way on the other side and like just super soft and not doing anything. And like, sometimes that can be inspiring for them to like get up and go and like actually work out or actually like create a, a business of their own or something like that. But you know, it, it requires balance because some people are, some people are wired differently. Some people like their balance of like how hard they can work is just like, like Gary V for instance, like he just loves it. And he thrives on that. Apparently, you know, he, he gets a lot out of that and same with Goggins. It's just like, but there's, there's people like that, that are for every Goggins and Gary V there's a ton of guys that if they tried to work that hard and push themselves that hard, they'd end in the hospital. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I think and, it depends what you want in life too. Right. Like totally. it, it's, it's fine to not be at Gary V's level. It's fine to not be at David Goggins level. It just, it's a personal choice. But if the choice yeah. is made out of like laziness, then it's not okay. But if like, if you're doing the actions and you discover your limit of like, Hey, like I'm good here, like this amount of money, this lifestyle, this amount of working hours, I'm happy with that. If I do more, I'm miserable. Then I feel like everyone has their different cap of like where that is. Totally. And you know, if, it depends what your goals are. Like you're saying, mm -hmm. it's like, if you want to be the best in the world, for sure, you're going to have to push yourself harder than most people in the world. All of the people sacrifice the relationships. <laughs> like there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be given but up. If the, like that goal in itself, in my opinion is kind of flawed because like we talked about when you came on, like the, the thing, like being that place or getting the Rolex or getting like whatever those ego rewards doesn't equal happiness. And yeah. like, I think that's the shift is like more people need to start actually making health and happiness a priority. And like, like Goggins has been divorced like three times. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> you know, Makes like, sense though. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I, I'd, I'd be shocked just to, I would, well, I don't know, like not to like talk badly of him, but like, I would be surprised if he was like deeply happy and fulfilled and isn't trying to like, he, he's pro like having learned as much about trauma and that whole lens of healing and why so many people motivated to do different things. Like he's probably got some deep, dark stuff that he's trying to outrun still, you know, and, and instead of just healing so he can be happy and, and like, there's a lot, this happens in a lot of super high performers is you look at their history and they were like abused as a kid or like had a terrible relationship with their parents or like, yeah. you know, just, it's like, there's so many people out there just trying to prove something to someone instead of trying to just be happy and enjoy their lives and create mm -hmm. impact and like be of service. And you know, like the model of what it takes to be happy is just not really taught in school or it's not promoted to the media. Like, you know, it's very much counterculture nowadays to like, do what we're doing to, to work online, to not work as much, to be able to eat good food and like raise a family, like living off the land and all these kind of things, you know, it's, but, you know, having, having solid relationships and being healthy and, you know, sleeping like these all, these are all things that lead to actually feeling happy and, you know, being of service in the world. Again, it's like, it's, it's selfish in some ways, ironically, to be, to make your life more of service because it feels really good. And you become really happy when you're dedicating your time to helping other people. And, uh, so again, it's just like, I feel like we just need some, some big shifts culturally around mm -hmm. what's actually important. And, yeah. and we're starting to see that, but it's just, there's still like most of culture is still focused on like 
the car and the house and like being better than everybody else. And like, that's yeah. the American dream still, I feel. <laughs> so. Yeah. And you made me think of, uh, I think Jim Carrey, he's like, I wish everyone could be rich and famous to see that there's nothing mm-hmm. to it. And it, it's, it's tough, right? It's kind of like when you're, you're, I'll bring it down to like a really like childish analogy. When your parents tell you to like not touch the stove and then you touch it once, you're like, oh shit, this is hot. This hurts. Like, I'm not going to touch it. Even though your parents told you that it was hot. I feel like the, the money and success part is kind of like that. Like to me, I've had more success than I ever thought I would, which is nothing compared to the, what's happening in the world, right? There's people that it's crazy. But for me, once I passed what I thought would be success, I touched the stove and I was like, oh, like they're right. Like it doesn't change anything. Like the internal things that the the trauma, the things that I have to deal with are still there, regardless of how successful one becomes or how elevated one becomes. Yeah. I think, unfortunately, it's just like, you got to touch the stove to know it's hot and that it hurts. And most people are trying to have to experience it because then once you do experience it, then your focus shifts. So like, okay, well, if this didn't solve, if this amount of like money or time freedom or location freedom didn't, didn't solve it, like then what's the focus? And I think a hundred percent, right? Like that impact. Once you start giving yeah. back, that makes, that fills your cup way more than any amount of like business oh, yeah. success, right? Which by default, totally. comes, like it comes with it by default, but yeah. that's the actual Depending thing that fills your cup. In. Like yeah, not all sure. businesses. That's a big part of why the world's so messed up right now is there's so many people that are solely focused on making money, you know, yeah. and it's in like, it's like making money, doing things that hurt the world or hurt people. Like you know, mm-hmm. tobacco industry is massive. Pharmaceutical industry is like ruining yeah. so many lives. And like, there's all these examples of that, but I feel like we're going through a shift of that culturally right now. And, uh, and like money is still important. Like it's not like i'm not an advocate of like money's dumb and don't like we should all just like you know barter and live off the land um money is important and it's fun and it's again it's also like for a lot of people connected to their self-worth and there's like a certain point though where money doesn't like beyond a certain amount doesn't make that much more difference and it does make you happier up to you know it's like yeah. i don't know there's studies older ones that's probably around 100k now like if you're making less than that your, your life will get quite a bit better once you're making around that or more. But then mm-hmm. once you're making like 200, 300, 400, it's still going to be more fun and you'll get to do more, you know, like do more fun things, whatever. But then it's like, you're not, it's not exponentially increasing at that point. At that point, you want to start just having your time back so you can be with people and like enjoy life. And, you know, it's like, and give back. use the money to create impact and help people. Yeah. And give back. Right. Like that's like, I I am, I am a hundred percent like for making a ton of money because then I can help more people that were in Jen and I situation, which is, you know, every month we donate to, I get, I randomly select the members and I tell them like, go find a family that's battling cancer and we're going to donate to them. So every month we pick a random member that picks a family that's either connected to them or a complete stranger. Like that feels, that feels really great because I remember being in that position. If someone sent me like $500 or a thousand dollars, I'd be like, oh my God, that like covers all the treatments for this amount of time, or it helps to buy like the organic, nice foods that we need to buy for. So yeah, I think it depends what you want to do with it, right? If it's like a, a, that ego fulfilling, like trying to elevate yourself for the wrong reasons, um, Mm -hmm. everyone's on their journey, but yeah, it's nice if you use it to give back. Well, it's just, it feels better, right? Because like people, yeah. 
people inevitably they if that's the where the recipe is just wrong in most people's heads <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like they think it's like if i get to that point if i have the car if i have the house if i have all this money coming in if i'm a millionaire then i will be happy like if you get to the bottom of most people's motivations that's actually why they're trying to do it they yeah. think if they're better than everyone else they're gonna be happy but like you talked about you know the the rolex moment when you actually achieve that then you realize you're like ah crap like <laughs> I'm not happy. <laughs> and and like you said it it often takes people getting to that point to realize that's not what it's about because you know it's like even like for like i'm not a millionaire by any stretch but like i was able to we were able to buy a house down here and i've got mm-hmm. a nice truck and i've got this beautiful life but like and for so long that was like in my kind of morning manifestation track it was on the vision board it was like working t- towards it for so long and then we got it and it's like oh crap now i need to like do all this work on that house and i need to like oh we got to change this and we got to do that and we got to you know all oh, the with these windows the door you know it's like why yeah. am i not happy all of a sudden <laughs> you know and it's like because we have to we have to cultivate happiness we have to yeah. cultivate gratitude that's like just having a practice of actually focusing on the things you're grateful for and focusing on the things that make you happy in life and, and celebrating them. And so many people don't have that. They're just addicted to the chasing that next carrot and, and like moving towards the goal. And they never take any time to actually enjoy what they have. And, you know, that's again, a big part of, of the rest piece coming back to that one is like mm-hmm. just taking time to be in appreciation for everything you have and not trying to like push towards the next thing all the time. It's a, that's a big piece of the recipe for, for being happy. Yeah. And, and the more people focus on that, the more you're actually going to be able to get it. That's the thing. It's like, you need to choose, you need to shift the goalposts to like, to happy and fulfilled. (laughs) If you want to have that, there's not like, there's not some amount of money that will eventually make you feel that way. And you have Mm -hmm. to start doing things that are aligned with that. If you want to make it happen. Yeah. I want to add the, a fitness component to it because For sure. some people think that reaching a certain body weight or looking a certain way will like make that kind of like getting the million dollars or building a business that will make them happy. And then they just get there and they're like, I feel the exact same way. I'm just leaner. And like, that was me yeah. when I originally transformed. All right. Like, don't get me wrong. Like you, you're going to live longer. You're going to be healthier. Like your body, you're not limited by your body. There's a ton of benefit to it. But if the end goal is that once I get to this body type, it will solve everything. It will be different. Like it, it won't. Um, yeah. and that's a th- big thing that people don't realize. They just think that totally. like, Oh, it, it'll, once I'm lean, like I'm good. Like oh, if you're insecure, it'll still be insecure, <laughs> but insecure with a six pack. Like that's basically what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah totally Um, it's and it like you said it is a piece of it you know mm -hmm. like i feel because but not like i'm in great shape but probably in better shape than i've ever been in and like i just i enjoy how i feel i enjoy that i'm able to go surfing and able to go to jujitsu and go to the gym and like like and i feel better after training you know like after Mm -hmm. just pushing some weight and getting into that like primal energy of like you know like I like that feeling and that translates into like, that takes me and helps me create and helps me, you know, all the things and, and doing it for that feeling versus like looking a certain way in the mirror. And don't get me wrong. I like how I look in the mirror as well, but it's like, that's not, <laughs> that's not Only the main the end goal. goal. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. 
Um, I, I, I'm aiming for like, especially for just to like touch on that, you know, it's like, we have this whole industry that like the, the whole fitness competition industry that again, yeah. like makes the goal being like 0% body fat with like spray tanned and like, I have know, done it once. Like, <laughs> get it. Totally, you know, and like, but the have to torture yourself to get into that ideal state, but like it not, not sustainable at all. Like most people are like full on fasting for a couple of days before and like, you know, sweat, not drinking water to like get all the water to their system. And it's like, why is the goal this completely unsustainable form that mm -hmm. like, and they're, they feel terrible. You're like, oh, <laughs> you feel like shit. Like you don't feel it's good. <laughs> so grumpy and crabby. And like, you know, you'd, you'd suffer so much to like achieve yeah. this photo of <laughs> look at how ripped I got. And it's like, cool. But like you look at any of those people a week later and they've already, poof, you yeah, know? They <laughs> up. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, but so again, I just, I try to have my goals be like, I'm always still trying to like eat well and, and kind of move and, and stay fit and all these things, but it's more, again, for just performing well all the time and, and having, and feeling good. Like when I move my body, I feel better. When I eat well, I feel better. When I eat a bunch of junk food or have a couple drinks one night, I don't feel as good the next day. Mm -hmm. you know? And I want to just feel well again, back to the very beginning to, to perform better. You know, like I, I want my body to work well. I want to be able to connect well. I want to be able to make love for ages. I want to like have the stamina and the energy to do all the things I want to do. And, and eating well and moving your body regularly and sleeping well are like huge components of that. So, yeah. Oh, I, I want to ask, I want to ask you one last question for, for, for the show. And I, I also sure. want to hear, so from people that are listening to the podcast episode, if I'm going to have Dave back, cause I have so many more questions. Um, <laughs> I have so many more questions I want to ask, but I have to go after cause I have a, a live training to do. Um, if there's like one or two ways where you talked like way earlier in the conversation of men needing to like show up when it's time, but being able to release, right. To have the, those moments of that safe space. Like what does that look like? What, what are like one or two ways that like people can take away and then we can dive deeper into potentially in the next episode. Um, well, the, the gimmies are like, Join a men's group, hire a coach, do some breath work, <laughs> you know, like cultivate, go, go into a space where you're encouraged to do that. Um, mm, other yep. than that, like things that people could take on on their own, you know, it's, it's just about having outlets. So yeah. I, I get a lot of guys to get into some form of martial arts in particular, like boxing or like some type of striking sport, yeah, like a where primal, like, like punching that something primal energy, you know, and yeah. like you can tap into that. You can move that energy or like you're encouraged to you know, push yourself and, and like move some of that. Um, that's a big one. Uh, the other one is like for guys in particular, like anger has been very demonized in society and having like screaming, just like when you're super pissed, yeah, just been raging and like letting out a big primal scream yeah. is so healing. And so we, we do a lot of this and this, like one like key piece on that is like anger is not bad. Aggression is bad. Anger mm -hmm. pointed at someone like, yeah. I, I want you to hurt. Like I'm angry at you. Mm. That's not a good thing. <laughs> like that's hurting someone else. Like I hurt. So I want you to hurt, but yeah. anger is totally fine. So just expressing anger, like I'm fucking angry. Yeah. 
you know, like letting that out is super healing. And so just having a practice of that, like it, you can grab a pillow and scream into a pillow. You can, in your car is a really good place. Cause it's fairly soundproof. That's you know, my like goal too. Pissed, <laughs> let, just let it out. Fucking scream. And you'll be surprised like how much better you feel after screaming or just like hitting the fucking bed and just like smashing a bit um, yeah. and letting it into your system uh, so that you can then, you know, take a few breaths after come back, calm, you know, cultivate, like just feel how it is in your body after letting some of that out. It's, it's a game changer. And, but again, most people, they're afraid. A lot of people are not most, a lot of guys in particular are afraid of their anger because they're afraid of hurting someone. But mm -hmm. if you're just letting it out into the universe, as opposed to like pointing it at someone, uh, yeah. or screaming in someone's face, uh, then you're not hurting anyone or punching a wall or hurting yourself with it. Just like letting it move through your system. Um, that's, that's one of the biggest pieces I'd say for, for a lot of guys to try out. And, and as I said, back to the other one is like, get support, get, get a coach, get a, you know, do some breath work, go to a class, go join a men's group. Um, cause again, this, this again, like most people don't have environments where they get to, they're encouraged to be in that energy and mm -hmm. they're encouraged to express themselves versus when you, when you surround yourself, when you're in a group of guys that are all doing this, all talking about this stuff and all letting things out, you, you know, you are encouraged. You're like, Oh, this is normal. So, okay. Yeah. You know, and oh, when there's a willingness, so <laughs> when there's a willingness from everyone to do it and you know, totally. you're not going to be judged because everyone's ready to do it and to show totally. up authentically. Um, yeah. I want to reinforce that last point because the screaming part, I discovered that like last year I did my first mushroom ceremony when I was in LA, which was like after mm -hmm. Jen passed away. And it was a really like, there was a moment where the guy was playing the like, the drums and he was like getting yeah. louder and louder and everyone was screaming and I could feel myself like wanting to scream, but I'm like, you know, I'm me, like, I'm, I'm pretty shy. Like I'm yeah. outgoing on camera. Like I can, I can be outgoing, but naturally I'm more of a shy person. And I was like, I don't want to scream. Like, that's not me. I'm not going to scream. And eventually I started screaming and I went like, ah, and I was like, I sound so stupid right now. Let me just like, <laughs> let it out, man. Like a lion, like that shit went out and it just like, it was, it was a godlike sound. <laughs> I've never made that sound with my throat ever. And it felt so good. And then you just feel like <sighs> alive. And now when I'm, when I have those moments, like, you know, shit happens in business and just, you know, life hits you sometimes. I just go for a drive and like, I make sure I'm driving because I don't want to like stay at a red light and like scream in my car, but I'll just drive and I'll just like let it out. And yeah, that feeling of just like, Oh, like just, just primal letting it out. Just like, fuck this. Mm -hmm. And then just breathing and then coming back to your normal after feels awesome. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely oh, my goal. And it's too. accessible to you all the time as well. This isn't like you can obviously like be in a group or do a session or like, you know, have support on that, but you can just scream. And it's, again, it's like, that cultural programming of like, I, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't, I shouldn't scream. Uh, like I shouldn't, I'm not like, I'm way too, I'm more in control than that. You know, like yeah. whatever you story you created, that's like, it's bad to do it. Just moving through that because the other piece, just to end on that, not just for letting things out, but for a lot of the guys that are on more of like the nice guy spectrum or like mm -hmm. not getting what they want out of life as much. That's your, your anger is a big connection to your power as well. Like yeah. you said, you felt like a fucking God when you were like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. and letting that out. And like a lot of guys have just been, they're so disconnected from that sense of inner power and, and it's very closely related to your anger. So yeah. 
getting to make friends with your anger will also help you step more into your power and get more of what you want in life. If you're someone that's on that side, like yeah. that was me hundred percent. So same board as you. <laughs> yeah. So definitely a powerful experience. Um, great Dave. Well, man, awesome conversation. I love talking, I love yeah. talking about this stuff. You're actually the first guest yeah, really. we've, that I've had on where we didn't talk about like necessarily like fitness and nutrition. So I'm really happy. There's a refreshing conversation. Um, Likewise. And Massive thank you for jumping on the show. Definitely want to have you back on because there's some more that I'd like to talk because I think it's a topic that's in demand. And I do have, it's probably like 50-50 yeah. of men and women that listen to the show. Um, awesome. And yeah, so- most of, I, I'm all about like this conversation being like for, like being listened to by women as well because most, if not all of my clients and people that join men's groups are coming through a woman at some like you know like, it's hey, like you need this <laughs> we, we want to keep a relationship we want to fix the relationship or a woman is like you need to do this thing otherwise we're done <laughs> yeah it's like it's often motivated by that and and so thank you to all the women watching as well and like you know kick your guy in the ass and get him to go join a men's group <laughs> it's really powerful um mm. yeah they thank you very much man and then for everyone listening all the links will be down below i know you have a facebook group you have your podcast your instagram your website i'll make sure to yes. link everything so you can check him out um and yeah dave i will see you um we'll, we'll book another episode in epic um thanks so much brother it's been a pleasure and uh, looking forward to chatting more same here thank you for listening if you enjoyed the episode and would like to support please share it with others that would benefit from it share it on social media and be sure to leave a five-star rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at Maxim underscore official and on YouTube at FitVegan. The links will also be in the show notes. I'll see you in the next episode.